become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 28 of Macabre Misfortunes. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, you know that I absolutely love Sam Cooke. I do. He has one of the best voices of all time, in my personal opinion. I agree. Now, I heard an interview with Steve Perry from Journey where he said that Sam Cooke was the reason that he started singing. Oh, no way. That he said he could do things with his voice where he could get to the... Uh, the crescendo of where he was, and then lower it almost immediately Mm -hmm. as quick as anybody he had ever heard in music. Now, the reason we're covering Sam Cooke, though, is because of the mysterious circumstances surrounding his death. So first, though, let's play a few clips of Sam Cooke for those who might not be as familiar with his music. Twisting, 
Okay, so that was just a few of the hits of Mr. Sam Cooke. Of course, he had several others. Oh, I love that one, though. Leave it all to me, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think the words are leave it all to me. Whatever, it's in up in there. <laughs> what is it? Oh, well, um, if is... you ever <laughs> right. change your mind. Well, that part you got right. And if you got leaving, leaving me behind, oh, give it to me. No. Send it. Bring to your sweet love. Bring it on over to me. Bring it on home to me. Oh, home and over, yeah. All right, now that you've destroyed that song, let's Sorry. move on. In the, <laughs> In the 1950s and 60s, Sam Cooke was your go-to to get your party started. Before Pink. <laughs> he was a signature American artist. But his death in 1964 remained shrouded in mystery and darkness. He was just 33 years old. It's a shame. Sam was born January 22nd, 1931 in Mississippi. His family would move to Chicago when Sam was just a child, and it was in Chicago where he started to his singing career. Mm-hmm. He became the lead singer for the group The Soulsters in 1950, and he went solo back in 1957. He, of course, had a bunch of hits as solo artists, including the ones that we played. During his eight-year solo career, he released 29 singles that charted in the Billboard Top 40. Nice. Cook helped uh, the career of other legends, including Aretha Franklin, Al Green, Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, and several others. Ooh, and I love every one of those yeah, guys. I mean, if you've probably heard every one of those on the radio, mm-hmm. and he was a big part of it. He also toured with Buddy Holly back oh, in the I day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Writer Bruce Eater called Sam Cooke the inventor of soul music. Cooke was also integral in the civil rights movement in America. He was able to leverage his influence and popularity with the black audience as well as the white audience to fight for equal rights for African Americans during the time. Mm -hmm. He even helped to organize sessions with major figures such as Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, and Jim Brown. All right, so let's get into his death. In 1964, Sam Cooke was shot and killed by the manager of a cheap motel in L.A. After a very quick police investigation, courts concluded that his death was a justifiable homicide. Cooke's family never accepted this conclusion, nor the alleged circumstances around his shooting. I was going to say, what made it justifiable? Well, we're going to get into all that. Let's get into some specifics. He was killed December 11, 1964 at the Hacienda Motel in South Central L.A. At the time, police came to the motel because of two separate phone calls, one of a shooting and one of a kidnapping. Once there, they found Cook's body. He was lying down, suffering a gunshot wound to the chest that had pierced his heart. There was also some other um, injuries to him. There was a two-inch knot on his head. There was uh, some bruising and stuff to his hands and some abrasions to his face. The motel's manager, Bertha Franklin, admitted that she had shot Cook in self-defense. One of Cook's friends disputed this. Now, the motel owner, 
Her name was Evelyn Carr. She said that she was on the phone with Bertha Franklin, her manager, when Cook burst into the office. She heard the gunshot, and then she called the police. Okay. Down to the hotel. Cook had checked into the motel earlier that night. Now, according to Bertha Franklin, the manager, Cook started to bang on the door, and he was shouting, Where's the girl? He was referring to Alyssa Boyer. She was a friend of Cook's. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see if she was a friend or not. Boyer had supposedly called the police from a phone booth near the motel just a few minutes before the motel owner had called. Franklin, the manager, said that she told Cook that there was no one in her office, but Cook forced his way into her office, naked, except for one shoe and a sport coat. She says that he grabbed her, wanted to know where Boyer's was. The two tussled. They fell to the floor. Bertha Franklin got up and she got her gun. She said that she shot Cook because she feared for her life. Bertha Franklin then said that Sam Cook looked confused and he said, lady, you shot me. And then she said, uh, duh. Well, then she said he went after her again. So she grabbed a broomstick and she hit him in the head and he fell and he died. Now, Boyer told police that she had met Cook earlier that night. The two had spent time together. She said that they hung out at a restaurant and a local nightclub, and she asked Cook to take her home. She said that he was drunk. He drove her against her will somewhere to have sex. She says that they sped down the Harbor Freeway, passing many hotels along the way. They ended up at the Hacienda Motel because it was a black-owned business in L.A. Okay. This was the early 60s. Right, right. Boyer said that Cook acted as if he was familiar with the place as he was a repeat customer. Mm -hmm. She also said that once they were in the room, he molested her. She said that he allowed her to use the bathroom and she tried to escape, but the windows were shut and locked. Later, when Cook went to the bathroom, Boyer ran, and she took her clothes along with most of his clothes, which is why he... Oh, why he didn't have no clothes on. She says she ran to the manager's office but got no help, so she ran outside and she called the police from the nearest phone booth. Wait, why didn't they help her? I don't know. Well, Well, there may be something about that Okay, okay. Now, none of this really sounds mysterious. In fact, it all seems logical and plausible. So, so anybody listening right now, they're probably like, well, I mean, nothing seems mysterious about that. He just seems like a bad dude. Mm-hmm. But was Boyer telling the truth? And after this quick break from a sponsor, we'll tell you. Okay, I said we'd tell you, but I still don't really know. It's up for speculation. Um. Her story has been in question literally ever since that night. It's said that there's some inconsistencies between her version and details that were given by diners at the Martoni's restaurant. Some said that Boyer went willingly with Cook to the motel. She slipped out of her room trying to rob him, not escape from an attempted rape. 
and we'll get into details on why that's the case. But according to Martoni's uh, restaurant employees, Cook was carrying a very large amount of money with him that night. However, an apparent search of Boyer uh, and her purse only revealed a $20 bill. A search of Sam Cook's Ferrari had a money clip with $108 in it. He was reported to have a whole lot more money than that on it. Both Boyer and Franklin later passed a polygraph test, and the jury of, um, of the subsequent court proceedings accepted their testimonies, and the case was closed. Wow. Just like that, huh? Just like that. Now, some of Cook's family and friends, however, have rejected Boyer, Cars, and Franklin's version. They believed that there was a conspiracy to murder the legendary singer. At the time, Muhammad Ali said that if Cook had been Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, or Rick Nelson, the FBI would have been involved to investigate. First of all, here's some discrepancies. The bullet that he was shot with was a 22 caliber bullet. But Franklin's gun was a 32 caliber. Hmm. That don't go together. No. And she had no marks on her whatsoever. Remember, they tussled. Right. And he supposedly had a bunch of marks on him, but she didn't have any. Mm-hmm. She had the wrong gun, and she had plenty of bullets in her gun. So what some people said was, okay, she said she shot him, and then she attacked him with a broomstick afterwards. But if you shot him once and you had other bullets in your gun, why wouldn't you have just shot him again? Why would you have hit him with a broomstick? That makes no sense. Right. So motel guests say that they never heard any gunshots in there. You would think in a small motel you would hear a gunshot if there mm-hmm. was a gunshot. Some think that he was possibly killed elsewhere and then dumped there. Oh. Singer Etta James said she saw Sam Cooke's body before the funeral, and she questioned the truth of the official versions of the events. She said that Cooke's injuries uh, were above the official account. Etta James said that she saw Cooke, and he was badly hurt and beaten, so much so that his head was nearly separated from his shoulders. Oh, my gosh. She also said that his hands were broken and crushed, and his nose was mangled. There's no way, she said, that that could have been done with a broomstick. Mm-mm. And for him to be that badly beaten, she should have had some kind of marks, marks on, on her. her. Yeah. Which she didn't. And I want to bring up, because we haven't brought this up yet, because we talked about the fact that obviously this was uh, in the 60s, but that was a black on motel, and Bertha Franklin was also African-American. Okay. So, because somebody's going to say, well, was she white mm-hmm. when the conspiracy come in? Some have suggested that Cook's manager, Alan Klein, actually had a role in his murder. That Klein wanted to, was afraid that Cook was going to leave him, and he wanted control of his million dollars, millions of dollars that Cook was worth. And he thought that he might have had him killed to try to get some. A lot of these uh, managers back in the day had life insurance policies on their artists. Oh, okay. So people think that he could have had something, but there's never been any concrete evidence to ever uh, prove that he had anything to do with it. But also we brought up that he was also uh, pretty significant in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. That didn't go over well in the early 1960s. 
So some people think it could have even been a government conspiracy. We all know at this point that the FBI followed John Lennon and tried to have him deported because of his role in, in peace chants and everything yeah. else for uh, the Vietnam War. So it wouldn't be so far out of the realm to think that because of his activity with civil rights that somebody would want him gone. That's kind of what happened to Martin Luther King. Yeah. So. Yep. Cook's funeral was held on December 8th, 1964. There was 200,000 fans lined up for more than four city blocks to view his body. Wow. A month after his death, an album and two singles were released, one of which was A Change Is Gonna Come. Some consider that to be one of the greatest songs of all time, and it was an anthem of the civil rights movement. And boy, he didn't know that was going to be... The facts no. <laughs> pretty soon. And we're going to play that song at the very end of the show in its entirety so people can hear it. Okay. Really, it's, a, it's a really good song. Here's our fact of the week. Bertha Franklin received multiple death threats after the shooting of Sam Cooke. She left her job at the motel and she did not disclose where she moved. She later sued Cooke's estate. And in 1967, the jury awarded her $30,000 for damages. She Heck shot and no. killed him. Wow. And she gets $30,000 in damages because people were giving her death threats. But you don't know that she shot and killed him. No, but that's what was, she said she shot and killed him. That came out of her mouth. Right. That doesn't look like she necessarily yeah. did. Well. But, and see, that's the other thing. A lot of people think, and I, we really didn't cover it, a lot of people think that you asked... Why, when when Boyer went down there, why didn't she get help from the manager? Mm-hmm. Some people think that it was a conspiracy between Boyer and the manager at the hotel to rob him and split the money. And that may be why Boyer didn't have the money, because maybe the manager had the money. And they wouldn't have thought to check her oh, for the money. No, okay, I see what you're saying. Boyer, you know, they, they might have thought he was going to rob, but why would the manager be there? But... They, some people think those two were in cahoots. So it wouldn't that she didn't get help. It was the plan was all along to for her to maybe go to the office, maybe let Sam Cook know she was going to the office so he would come down there looking so he could be shot or mm-hmm. whatever. So there's a, a whole bunch of different conspiracy theories when it comes to I don't to know it. why people got to be so greedy. Here's another uh, fun fact. Sam Cook was a charter member uh, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986 when they inducted their very first group of people. So he was one of the first to get in. Well, good. He was also got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that was uh, put there in 1994. So Good. Anyway, that's our story on the life and death of Sam Very Cook. sad. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of discrepancies there. So, all right, guys, we appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll go ahead and put that song on the end for anybody that's never heard it. It's a really good song. Thanks, guys. Love you.
But I know a change gon' come. 